0: Good morning. Welcome to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb and I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. And I am glad that you have joined our program for today. We are continuing our study of why I am a member of the Church of Christ. And today we are still in reason number nine. Uh, We are following along with a book of the same title, Why I'm a Member of the Church of Christ, that was written by Leroy Brownlow. And so we have been in this study for a while, um, we are still on reason number nine, and uh, we're looking to maybe finish it up today, maybe not, uh, but we'll get as far as we can. Uh, certainly don't want to leave anything out, I want to make sure that we study all, all that we're studying thoroughly and that we have a good understanding of it. And so um, with that in mind, we continue our study for today. Our reason is that it believes all the Bible to be the inspired word of God. One of the reasons that I am a member of the Church of Christ is that it believes all the Bible to be the inspired word of God. Now there are many religions, and and especially Christian religions that claim to believe this very thing, that the Bible is the inspired word of God. However, when they do things that are contrary to what the Bible says, it's hard to believe such a claim. And so as we are in this study, we are looking at the reasons that we follow only the Bible. Um, if you have attended a, a congregation of the Churches of Christ, uh, if you have worshipped with them, if you have worked with them, then you know that we don't believe we don't believe in using other creeds and other writings and things of that nature. We follow only the Bible, and for very good reason, the Bible is the inspired Word of God. We are told in the Bible that that it thoroughly equips us, Second Timothy chapter three. Verses 16 and 17, Uh, it gives us everything that we need as far as Christianity is concerned. We have to understand that we are not serving self and we are not serving others. What we are doing is serving God. And if we are going to serve God to the best of our ability, then that means that we follow only the things that he has taught us. Only the things that he has given us to follow to believe, to practice, Uh, we make sure that we're following only the Bible. And so that's where we are in our study um, for right now, for today. Before we begin our lesson, though, let's bow in a word of prayer. Our Holy and Righteous Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the blessings that you have given to us, and we thank you for this day. We thank you for our time together, and we thank you for your word. We pray, Father, that you would continue to be with us, that you would continue to bless us and care for us as you have. We pray that you would especially bless us in our studies. May we grow in our understanding of your word and what you want us to do, and may we apply ourselves properly. Help us to be the Christians that we need to be. Help us to be the church that we need to be. And we pray, Father, that we would only do your will, not ours, not others but your will alone. And we are thankful for your Son, for the sacrifice that was made for us, the sacrifice of blood that was made on our behalf. And we know that through the shedding of his blood, we are cleansed from our sins. If we are obedient to you, if we are faithful, and we pray, Father, that you would help us to be faithful Christians. Help us to set a good example for the world Help us to lead lost souls to you. We are thankful for our time together. We pray that you would bless us always. It is through Jesus that we humbly pray. Amen. The Bible, the Bible, the Church of Christ believes all the Bible to be the inspired Word of God. Now, we have been looking at, first of all, reasons for believing the Bible and uh, one of the reasons is that we believe the apostles to be credible witnesses. Uh, we believe them to be witnesses of, of Christ's life, of his teachings. and And they were commissioned to share with us what he had taught them. To share with us the things that we need to know, the things that we need to do in order to be the church that God wants us to be. This is Christ's church. He promised to establish it, and it is upon faith in Christ that the church is established, Matthew 16. We understand that, and we believe the apostles to be credible witnesses. So as they wrote in their letters, uh, as we have recorded in the book of Acts and their teachings, we know what was done to establish the church based on what Christ had taught them, and what the, the Holy Spirit revealed to them, that's what the church was established upon. And so we can be a part of that church today because of the apostles, because of what they did, and because of what they taught. We can follow that today. We can know what the Bible says, and we can faithfully By faith, we can do those things that they have shared with us. But we do believe the apostles to be credible witnesses. We believe the writers of the Bible to be inspired of God to write what they wrote. Um, We look at 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, For instruction and righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And we're also told in Second Peter chapter one, and in particular what is said in verse twenty one, prophecy never came by the will of men, by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Spirit. The things that have been shared with us, the prophecies, the the writings, they're not given by private interpretation, as according to verse 20. But these things, they were given by the Holy Spirit to give to us. They were inspired to write and to teach as they did. And we believe that to be true. We believe that the Bible is authoritative in its expression, That when there is a a thus saith the Lord, we are to believe that. We are to believe that God said it, if it is said by an inspired writer. There are a couple of times in Scripture uh, that we find that there is a thus saith the Lord given by a false prophet. We have to be careful. We have to, to interpret the context of the Scriptures. But we can believe in a thus saith the Lord. The Bible is not biased. It does not hold back any information from us. It does not hold back any of the shortcomings of its so-called heroes, such as Noah and David. They were sinful men, and we have those things recorded. Peter, there were times where Peter made mistakes, and yet he went on to preach the first gospel sermon. And we see that he continued to grow, throughout his life, and it's an example for us. Uh, Was there ever a time where Peter was just perfect in everything that he did? No, there wasn't, and there's not going to be a time where we are perfect either, but we do believe that, that we can be the same in that regard, that we make mistakes, but we can also overcome those mistakes. And even Jesus, the the greatest hero of the Bible, dies. That's a recap of, of the things that we have talked about thus far. We have begun a discussion of the fulfillment of prophecies. We have been looking at prophecies that were fulfilled. Some things that we find in the Old Testament that have come into the new. That we find revealed to us in the Old Testament And they actually happened in the new. Most of these prophecies regard Christ. And so we have been studying some of those prophecies, such as the prophecy regarding Jesus' birth in Isaiah 7, verses 13 and 14, that he would be born of a virgin. A virgin would conceive and and bear a son and would call his name Emmanuel. That's exactly what happened. As we read in Luke 1, verses 26 through 35, uh, Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but they were not yet fully married. Uh, Now, in the Bible times, uh, the engagement period that we would think of was a little bit different in that, that she was already thought to be his wife. Yet they had not come together. They had not consummated their marriage. And yet she was with child. She was a virgin, and this could only happen by the power of God, but it did happen. Jesus was born of a virgin, just as it had been prophesied. It was prophesied that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, in Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, that was fulfilled in Matthew 2, verses 1 through 11, there was a census, and so Um, we see that, that Joseph and Mary, they went to Bethlehem, and that is where the child was born. They had gone there to be counted, and yet it came time for Mary to give birth. And so when she did give birth, we see that it was in Bethlehem. We also read in the Old Testament of the forerunner of Christ. John whom we often call the baptist or the baptizer the immerser John came preparing the way there was to be the voice of one crying in the wilderness Isaiah 40 and verse 3 prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god that came to pass with John's coming he was a messenger He was sent to prepare the way for Christ. Malachi 3 verses 1 and 2 also bears reference to this voice of of one crying in the wilderness to some degree. Uh, It speaks of the messenger that was to come that would prepare the way. And in John chapter 1 verses 22 and 23 and Mark chapter 1 verses 1 through 7, we find the words of these prophecies. Fulfilled. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Then all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were all baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. That was Mark 1 verses 4 and 5. So we see these words to be fulfilled also. And Christ's entry into Jerusalem. I believe that that this is the the last one that we looked at last week. In Zechariah chapter 9 verses 9 and 10. We read that there was to be one coming. Uh, Behold your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation. Lowly and riding on a donkey. A colt, the foal of a donkey. Jesus entered into Jerusalem on a donkey, the colt, the foal of a donkey, as it had been prophesied. We read its fulfillment in Matthew 21, verses 1 through 9. And we come to the last two or three prophecies regarding Jesus that we read about in Scripture. One is in regard to Jesus' betrayal. To the way that he was betrayed by one of his own. Psalm 41 and verse 9. Even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted. Who ate my bread. Has lifted up his heel against me. And we read of its fulfillment in Mark chapter 14. And beginning with verse 43. Mark 14 and verse 43. And immediately, while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude, with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now his betrayer had given them a signal, saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one. Seize him and lead him away safely. I wonder what Judas thought their intentions were with Jesus. I wonder if because of the wording here if maybe he thought they they would keep him in prison. I'm not sure exactly what he thought they would do with Jesus. But either way for 30 pieces of silver he agreed to betray him. Verse 45 of Mark 14, as soon as he had come, immediately he went up to him and said to him, Rabbi, Rabbi, and kissed him. Then they laid their hands on him and took him. And one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus answered and said to them, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to take me? I was daily with you in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. And they were. Uh, Again, the, the 30 pieces of silver was prophesied in Zechariah 11, verses 12 and 13. Zechariah 11, verses 12 and 13. Then I said to them, if it is agreeable to you... Give me my wages, and if not, refrain. So they weighed out for my wages thirty pieces of silver. And the Lord said to me, Throw it to the potter. That princely price they set on me. So I took the thirty pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord for the potter. Again, this is not in the New Testament. This is found in Zechariah 11, verses 12 and 13. But the very same thing is talked about in Matthew 27, verses 3 through 10. Matthew 27 and beginning with verse 3. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful. And brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? You see to it. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. But I want you to notice the details here, verses six and seven. The chief priests took the silver pieces and said, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury because they are the price of blood. And they consulted together and bought with them the potter's field. Remember that in Zechariah chapter 11 and verse 13, it says, And the Lord said to me, Throw it to the potter. What a passage to be fulfilled. They consulted together and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Verse 9, then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the value of him who was prized, whom they of the children of Israel priced and gave them for the potter's field as the Lord directed me. It had been prophesied in Jeremiah also that this was to be, and just the attention to the detail is so telling in that that these things were fulfilled. Jesus would be scourged and mocked It was prophesied in the Old Testament, Isaiah 50 and verse 6. Isaiah 50 and verse 6. I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. It was prophesied that Jesus would be scourged and mocked. And he was. John 19, verse 1. So then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. Mark 14, and verse 65. Mark 14, and verse 65. Then some began to spit on him, and to blindfold him, and to beat him, and to say to him, Prophesy. And the officers struck him with the palms of their hands. In Matthew 27, verses 27 through 31, then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. When they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off him, put his own clothes on him, and led him away to be crucified. Just as it had been prophesied the scourging and the mocking of Jesus as he was crucified. So these things came to pass. It was also prophesied how Jesus would suffer, that he would suffer in silence as a lamb. Isaiah 53 beginning with verse 4, Isaiah 53 and verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed; all we like sheep have gone astray; we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. It was foretold in Isaiah 53. It came to pass in Mark 15, verses 2 through 5. Mark 15, beginning with verse 2. Then Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered and said to him, It is as you say. And the chief priests accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. Then Pilate asked him again, saying, Do you answer nothing? See how many things they testify against you. But Jesus still answered nothing, so that Pilate marveled. Jesus said nothing in his own defense, even though the, the witnesses that they brought couldn't even agree with each other. He still said nothing. In his own defense. As a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. And the parting of the garments. Psalm 22 and verse 18. They divide my garments among them and for my clothing they cast lots. That was in the Psalms. Its fulfillment is found in John 19, verses 23 and 24. Excuse me, John 19, verses 23 and 24. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts, to each soldier a part, and also the tunic. Now the tunic was, without seam, woven from the top in one piece, They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it. Whose it shall be that the scripture might be fulfilled, which says they divided my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. Therefore, the soldiers did these things. And again, we find scripture fulfilled have a couple of other things, Uh, maybe not enough for a whole lesson, but certainly uh, too much to finish today. So we'll pick up here next week and we'll finish out the lesson, maybe move on into reason number 10. Um, But anyway, I'm just thankful again that you joined me. Uh, I think these are good studies and especially for those that are not members of the church to try to understand why we believe what we do. And so I hope that these are used in a good way that that uh, if you have that ability, share it with your friends so that they can can uh, listen to these lessons. Also, they can be found by going to TGRN.org and you can go to On Demand and find each lesson from each week. Uh, I also post them on our congregations website, Mars Hill, C-O-C dot org. And so you can listen to them there. Uh, If you need to contact us, same way, go to our website, and there is contact information there. You can send us a letter. You can contact us by message, uh, by just sending us a a message through the website. Uh, You can call us. We'd be glad to hear from you, uh, especially if you have any questions that we can answer. We would be glad to do that for you. But I thank you for being with me today. I hope to be back with you again, Lord willing, next week next Tuesday at 11 a.m. as we study another portion of God's Word together. And until we meet again, may God bless you.